episode 30 of Your Average Critics, joined today by Ollie and Obi. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since our last pod, so apologies for that. But uh, how have you been in the last couple of weeks? Sick. Yeah. No, but how much, been, Obi, Obi's hanging. I've realised how much I hate Ollie. So. Oh, really? He's fucking love me, mate. <laughs> well... I'm so sure I it's spent a, the last two weeks reflecting about how much I hate you. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, I don't know, like, because last night, mate, you were like, oh, please come out, please come out. I love you so much. Like, you're Making up the numbers, though, weren't you? Stop molting! It's that hair, mate! It's that hairline! It's going! It's going! Oh, no! Publicly slamming, mate! If you don't know what Ollie looks like, just think of Homer Simpson, but with one strand more No, the, you know, the worst thing I ever got was when I was I was working at Revs behind the bar and some guy comes up and um, he shows me his phone and on his phone he's got a picture of the guy, you know, with the one eye from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. You know the one? I don't know. It's like the tall lanky one from The Office as well. Mackenzie Crook. Oh, and I was just like, you know what, mate, what, fuck off, you I'm not like giving you. you a drink. Yeah, he was like pointing at the phone and he was like, is that you? I remember I was in uni and I saw a guy who looked like you and I sent a picture of him to you <laughs> just on the slide just like to, took a snap. I don't know who it was. I remember I was watching an episode of Ellen and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, mate. Exactly. I was like, oh wow, that looks, like, that looks a lot like Ollie. <laughs> <coughs> hey. uh, sorry, you might be able to tell that I've got a bit of a cold. Oh well. Um, so in your lurgies. I know, I know. Yeah, just before holiday as well. Exactly. Yes. Um, we might be doing a podcast from Amsterdam next week. That'd be interesting. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> that would be, be hilarious. I don't know if it will. We'll just like leave it on, be monging out. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet us if you want to hear that. I wouldn't be able to speak. That's the thing. I would literally just be monging out. <laughs> Should we do it, it live? Should we do a... like a Facebook live? We can, we can <laughs> actually, periscope it. We can actually film it as opposed to just recording. Yeah, a video it. recording would be much more. Um, of you live. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you'd videoed me the last time we went down, then that would have been something special. Well, mate. So we got a tweet from, who was it, Obi? On the Counter Say, which is uh, the Counter-Attack podcast. On the Counter Say, Counter-Attack podcast, am I right? So thank you very much for tweeting us. Uh, you asked if we had seen a TV show called Queen of the South, which is on Netflix here in the UK. Um, we hadn't, but we thought, well, if you're recommending it, then we'll give it a go. So Obi and I watched, was it, I just watched episode watched one. watched episode as well. Yep. So it... Yeah, this is what happens when you don't put it out. I don't know Twitter, nor did Sorry, I know about yeah, it. You should have put it on the chat, mate. That's a fair point. Well, hang on, hang on, right. So, oh, I did, actually. I put it on the chat. Yeah, and oh, also, you're the one who suggested we all watch what happened to Monday, exactly. and you didn't do it. No, exactly. I, didn't, I didn't suggest and that. I, and and I end, did no, put it, let's I, put some perspective. At the end of the last podcast, I was like, let's all watch something so we can all talk about it. Yeah. And within five minutes, we all agreed what we were watching. And I said that we didn't do one last <laughs> week because I hadn't watched I it. I was going to watch it this morning, but it totally just... There you go. And I did put it on the chat like two days ago. Anyway, so... Queen of the South, from what I gathered from the pilot, which was uh, quite a quite a lot happened in the yeah, pilot. Yeah, it yeah. seems like the uh, woman played by Alice Braga, I can't remember her name, um, but she's Teresa. Teresa, that's it. She's like a drug lord. Yeah. And uh, it seems as if she gets shot, and then it's kind of like it appears that the whole series will be yeah. That's from, kind of how- from her. Yeah, you know, roots to when she. That's kind of how they had to go with murder. They start. Oh, at one, they start at one point and then they go back and then they can meet, kind of like meet where the where the first bit started. Okay. But I feel like, I feel like, um, when <laughs> she's shot, I feel like she like obviously I think we're made to believe that she's like dead, dead and that's yeah. the end of the series. Yeah. But I feel like she's just gonna be like shot in the shoulder or something. Yeah, I don't think she's dead because. If she is, I probably don't want to watch it because <laughs> I'm just like, well, you know how the the story ends. Mm. But I mean, for that, so much happens. Like, 
you see her from on the streets in Mexico, and then is it Guero? Like, Guero, yeah. Rescues uh, her. Rescues her. And then within that episode, like, three or four people that you think are kind of main characters end up dying. Yeah. It's like, wow. I feel like that, that could have even spread over, like, it was about, half a like, series. Yeah, I feel like at least like, 18 months passed in that first episode. <laughs> Do you reckon that was because it was a pilot and they wanted people to kind of be intrigued um, and then, like, you know, obviously want to carry on watching it? So, you know, because that, that sort of material, they could spread that over mm. half a series. But mm. is it, they just made it really action-packed just to... Probably. Get people to, Probably. Does it make you want to watch the rest of it? I mean, I don't know. It's not like, like, it's uh, it's okay. But I'm not, when it when it ended, I'm not like, oh, I really want to watch the next episode. It seems to be decent. But I reckon you, a lot of the time when TV shows, because people have been telling me that this TV show is really good. But a lot of the time, like the pilots aren't very strong. Yeah. But I feel like, as far as pilots go, that was that was decent. Yeah. It was alright. But I'm I'm curious. Um, you said this was on Netflix, though, didn't you? It is on yeah. Netflix. Because I'm cause I'm surprised by that because I thought they put pump like now they pump loads of money into the pilot because if it does do good then they carry on pumping money into the thing. I don't know if it's Whereas, Netflix like, original. Whereas I think the other like like Comedy Central or whatever they wouldn't do that. Mm. They do really small budget on a pilot. Mm. If it gets good reviews, then mm. yeah, they pump like, a lot. I think like I said, I don't think it is a Netflix original. Oh, okay. Um, but it was it was an interesting pilot. It was good to see like the kind of female kind of empress of the drugs trade because obviously you know Narcos and Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad all yeah. just tends to focus around the male, mm. um, and obviously you see her at both ends of her kind of drug career. So it'd be interesting to see how she gets there. Mm. But um, yeah, it was action packed. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's intriguing yeah. and it a lot does. of shooting, a lot of death. Yeah, it's better, than, better it, than Breaking Bad. I think the first episode of Breaking Bad was that started off similarly, didn't it? It didn't start off with him in the him in, the in his right? uh yeah, pants, yeah yeah so that kind of like the yeah. same same sort of idea there. But yeah. um, I don't know if it's, I don't know it's if it's what better. drug dealers do it's apparently. About, yeah, apparently it's just the same. Um, it's just hot. But it's I wanted hot. To, I wanted to ask. So when the series starts out, like when in the beginning when she's with Guerra. Are they in South America? Uh, well, Mexico. Mexico. I think so, because she says welcome to America, right? Okay, yeah. great. So, by the end of it, they're in they're in Texas, yeah? Yeah. I'm I'm certain, I might be completely wrong, but I'm certain she had a bag full of drugs in her carry-on or whatever. So how did they get past the border with, all the, with the drugs? Well, they must have smuggled her in, right? Yeah, but then you have to go through some sort of border. Wouldn't they check your... Uh... Yeah, but if you're smuggling someone, like... True. You know, they've you probably got some like it's pretty, it's, it's pretty easy. To no, because like if you're in a in a car, they would they check everything. I don't know. They'd have. But she was stuff. in the back, so you know she went and hired it enough and she went in the boot. Have you seen that? Uh, is it Meet the Millers where they're going through yeah. the caravan full of weed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was I was just curious, thinking like, didn't, shouldn't somebody be checking be checking this? But there were some points of the pilot, and I was like, the t- I was like, oh, how long has time just jumped or mm. like? It got a little bit confusing because mm. I think they were trying to pack so much in. Mm. Uh, but I might give it another couple of episodes yeah. and then if it's still... I feel we haven't done a very good job explaining what happened in the pilot. I don't know. Should we? <laughs> yeah, okay. So what, you start, you see her, the first shot is her coming off a plane into her like big mansion. Yeah. And she's narrating saying like, oh yeah, you know, I'm the empress of the biggest drugs trade in in the world Poppy. oh no Western, Southern, Southern Hemisphere, Western Hemisphere Western or something Hemisphere. like that and then uh, Poppy from Kingsman and then she gets shot doesn't yeah. she and then it kind of 
jumps back to her on the streets. She's kind of, tr- kind of being a money kind of launderer or something like that. Yeah. Um, Transferring money or something. Yeah. Something and, like that. And then Guero, who's the godson of the incumbent drug baron, um, meets her, saves her from a kind of predator, and uh, and and then they kind of fall in love, don't they? Yeah, I actually thought he was gonna die a lot sooner than he actually did. Oh really? I thought. Do you know when? So, uh, yeah. So she she meets him, falls in. They like fall in love basically, and a, a bit, a quite a bit of time passes, and then they're at uh, the Christmas party of um, the drug king, the kingpin guy. So at that party, um, the this kingpin announces that he's basically he wants to run for governor because apparently that's what. Um, South Americans like to do when they get money, they like to run for office. So <laughs> he has to tell his wife that, okay, we need to lay low, kind of distance ourselves from the drugs trade, obviously for like, you know, publicity reasons, so he can run. But she's like, no, because she basically like, is like the whole boss of the whole operation. She's like, no, I want to keep doing this. And they argue, and then she leaves him, they get divorced. Blah, blah, blah. But just before that, when he calls uh, Guerrero into his office and him and his cousin, and then they give him a shot, and he takes the shot, and he's looking at, um, uh, Teresa, I thought he was just going to collapse because I thought the shot was like poison yeah. or something like that. So I was kind of disappointed that that didn't happen. I thought that would have been quite interesting. But yeah. I would have liked to have seen their relationship developed a bit more yeah. before he died. Yeah, they literally had like five scenes together. Yeah. If that. I was like, wow, they're literally killing off characters for yeah. fun. What happened to, is it Barbara and her son? I don't know, they just fucked off. I imagine, I reckon we'll probably see them at some point, I reckon. But no, um, so he was, <coughs> sorry, he was like to her, uh, yeah. Take this phone. If it rings, it means I'm dead. Uh, take this money. Take this drugs. Take this passport. Take this book. I don't know what the, I still don't know what the book's got in it. I don't think you find out, do we? No, no. This book, and she's like, and he's like, yeah, trade it for your life or something like that. And then literally like two scenes later, the phone rings. He's dead. She has to run away. Um, go meet up with um, his godfather. His god, yeah, his godfather and uh, the wife and son, and. Guero's dead and they're coming after his cousin because his hip Guero and his cousin were skimming the drugs or something like that and they were selling them off as their own so they were stealing from the kingpin so, Ooh, yeah. so then go down, exactly. but then she has to take the book to the kingpin to trade for her life yeah and then he kind of tries to I don't think he's it. the kingpin at that point I think it's Batman whoever that is oh right so I think that Michi, right. Michi make, make, yeah. the Mexican Batman yeah maybe but um, yeah so he, I think the kingpin distances distance him so I think about a year or so past I think he's either in office at that point or he's running for okay. office so I think he distanced himself from the drug business and yeah so then the those guys came killed the cousin chased uh, Teresa and the other woman in the sun out of town whatever whatever not car exploded uh, and then Teresa's in the safe house I think it's the safe house and then they come and find her and they try and rape her well, I don't know if they succeed. I think they do, sure. don't they? do they? Her, And then she shoots him in the face. Yeah, that was uh, Romero from um, House of Cards, wasn't it? I don't remember. Governor Romero. I can't remember. Ah. Oh. I can't remember. Yeah. Probably, probably. But yeah, I thought that, <laughs> that bit was quite funny. Not the rape bit, but, oh, after, God, yeah, but, no, but afterwards when she like, <laughs> she was like looking at her future self and she was like, you know what to do. She just grabbed the gun and shoots him in the face. I was like, fair play. That's, nice. one, that's one way to stop a rapist. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. But I was, I was kind of, because he was like groaning and screaming for I was kind of disappointed she didn't finish him off. And just yeah. Bang in the I face. thought she would have done. Yeah. Um, that kind of sounds like, the per- like, you know when the, um, <clears throat> you got the main character and they're like, oh, they're going to do the right thing and let them live sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. She's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Take him out. That's the most frustrating thing about films is where 
you know, you got the villain will dispatch everyone so easily and have no qualms about finishing them off. Mm. And then as soon as it's the main character, it's like, you know, they do something out of the ordinary and, and it's fine. It's so annoying. It's not realistic. Is it? No. Is it though that might happen in real life? Maybe the movies get it from real life as opposed to... Maybe. The other way around. It's true. But I feel like series one will probably be leading up to her, you know, the moment that we see right at the beginning and then mm. series two is probably how she gets progresses from that. Because so much happened in the pilot that I can't see them having loads, you know, I think there's two series out. I can't see them having enough material to, you know, fill up those two series from between her being shot and, you know, where we leave it in episode one. Mm. So, what are the drugs they're dealing in? <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. Cocaina. Crikey. Yeah. But talking... So it might come from narco- <coughs> Narcos. From season three of Narcos. I haven't seen it yet. I'd like to know. Have you seen the first two series? <coughs> yeah, man. Banging. Oh, tell us a bit about that then. It's just following Pablo Escobar. Ebuta. Um, <laughs> um, it's just Kingpin. and I've seen it a while ago. I'm not going to be do a very good job of this. Um, when, when did you see it? I've seen like two, three episodes of it. I didn't really get into it. Oh, did you not? Because no. you've just been getting into it, haven't you? you, I, you no, I watched you really it. You the first four episodes because you liked it. No, I watched it time. when it first came out and I binge-watched the first four episodes and I really liked it and then I stopped watching it and then I just haven't watched it since. So I haven't watched it for like two years. No, it's but good. I did like it. It's just like the, the rise of Pablo Escobar's pretty much drug empire yeah. but also the collapse of it and him and then it, kind of, it does leave it open to season three um, and... I have yet to seen see that, but that follows one of the I think it's FBI or CIA or just uh, like special agents mm, who's, who's yeah it might be um, whose job it is to capture um, Escobar. But it's you assume that you know uh, that they because t- he's a real figure, so you assume a lot of what happens is real, but they probably take a lot of dramatic yeah if, yeah definitely a few exaggeration. But a shout out to these guys because he barely speaks any English and you know because we, we were talking about this aren't we they're like why the hell are films portraying like for, foreign people in uh, speaking in English and following that in Queen South they are speaking English a hell of a lot of time considering they're all Spanish yeah but then what I didn't like so they speak Spanish sometimes but there was no subtitles so I was like I have no idea what they're yeah. saying maybe it's just not important but mm. um, yeah I guess it's, it's good I kind of feel like it I don't know if this is true, but I kind of feel like it's a Latin American produced show mm. rather than like an um, like a I guess Caucasian American network being like oh yeah let's let's focus on this. Mm. Um, I don't know what their one's called like Tele America or something. Telemundo. Telemundo, yeah. Telemundo. <clears throat> We're talking about things. <laughs> that was that... so English. <laughs> Telemundo. <laughs> <laughs> Brexit, Ollie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I saw Blade Runner 2049. I can't say too much about it because it will spoil it and I know that you are going to go and see it. But um, so it follows Ryan Gosling's character in the world of Blade Runner. And that's... (laughs) I can't can't really... Can I ask one question? Yeah. Is... I don't know, but is Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling, are they like connected... And that's blood relation in some sort of way. Ooh. That is a very good question, maybe. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so the original, when I, I, sorry, I really hard because, to spoil. Because when I when I I didn't know this was one, I didn't know this was a sequel, and two, I didn't really know that there was another Blade Runner before this. But when I was watching, I just first, I just thought that 
maybe like um, Harrison Ford was like a future ver- or a past version of Ryan Gosling or something like that, just by watching the trailer. I don't know. That was just a guess. Well, like Terminator, I'm from the future. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know that you you're, you might borrow Blade Runner off me because you haven't seen it, but the original Blade Runner is... The premise is that uh, there are replicants, mm. which are basically synthetic humans, mm-hmm. more advanced humans, mm. um, and they have been made to work off-world to try and you know develop and harvest new worlds and things. So essentially slaves. Mm. Um, but then a few of them become rogue and start rebelling um, because they have a limited lifespan, but they, they go to their creator and I think we might have spoken about this last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they want to extend their life. Um, and Harrison Ford is one of the Blade Runners who try and kill the uh, the rogue replicants. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm not going to say how the original one ends. But um, it's set in the same world. So this is set 30 years later. So the original Blade Runner was set in 2019, which is quite funny because that's only a year and a half away. Um and then this one's obviously set in 2049. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the film was good. Is it like visually amazing? Yeah, like visually. The first one compared for it being made in twenty in, in uh, the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Like it, it seemed pretty. I, although I don't know if there had been like a lot of, um, you know, like George Lucas re-releasing. Yeah, well, I think it went through the original quite through quite a lot of cuts because I think there are a couple of endings which Chris mentioned to us. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was pretty ahead of its time, visually, and this one doesn't disappoint. Um, I mean, the scale of things, obviously, like, you can get more depth with your cameras now and the CGI. The, the, the effects in this are incredible. Like, um, they're kind of a couple of hologram characters, but the way that they interact with real humans, it's, yeah, it looks really, really, really good. Um, and uh, Denny Villeneuve is the director, and he's did things like Arrival and Sicario. Um, so he's got some good pedigree and uh, yeah the film's good the I think the plot is interesting which I can't really say anything about but it's interesting kept me guessing Um, I kind of thought it was going in one direction um, and then I kind of was questioning that you know later on did the plot thicken the plot does thicken Mm, like when you add corn flour to a liquid Um, (laughs) and uh, although about so this film is over two and a half hours long. Mm. So it is a long film. Mm. It, it doesn't quite feel that long, but you can tell that you've been sitting there for a while. Um, about an hour and a half or so in, I, I was like proper following it. And then after that point, I, I kind of was like, what? So by the end, I'm not entirely sure. I reckon if you rewatch it, you'll be like, going. oh, that does that. Mm. Well, that's that character. Potentially. Like, just one line of dialogue and it'll fix the whole thing. There's some good throwbacks also to the original film. Yeah? Um, the gun. The gun. <clears throat> Lots of guns and ammo. And, guns. Uh, American made, isn't it? Did you talk about that in, on the podcast? American, American made? made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, we'll have a better discussion about it when you've all seen it, yeah. because literally saying anything about it will, will be a spoiler. Um, Are we going to have flying cars in 2049? Because we're definitely not having them in 2019. I would. Do you see that thing though? Uh, you know, Elon Musk, the guy who's done Tesla and SpaceX. Yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, we're going to send people to Mars in 2022 now. Because like, like three years ago, he mentioned like we're going to do it in 2020 or whatever. 
Did you see that thing where it's they happening. were like, um, oh yeah, we're going to be able to go from like New York to Australia in like 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna what? Put, we're going to put people in rockets. And we're oh gonna, my God. And we're going to fly to space and then fly back down in the destination that we're in. Yeah. But like, we just got to figure out stuff like how people are going to survive in the water in space. I was literally watching this video and I was thinking like, this can't be real. Like, no, what? Yeah, no. Yeah, like Paul Merton on Have I Got News For You? He was like, surely like getting to Australia in like... An hour will like kill you from the G force or whatever. Yeah. And then they were like, "That's a really good question." <laughs> That's stupid. That's like saying, "Oh yeah, we can teleport people back in time, but we just need to figure out how to do it." No, it's I like... think it would be like if you've got enough money and <clears throat> if you have, like, you've got a a, a, wa- a waiver or whatever. Like, you have yeah. to ch- check off all this list of like you can't be over sixty. You can't have like heart mm. condition, mm. any sort of like anything that like that. That sounds fucking terrifying. Excuse my language. Yeah, plus, you can't watch four films on a. 30 minute journey to Australia true true just there for the day though isn't it plus if you have to go all the way up to space surely it's going to take you know some time with a rocket I imagine it doesn't take that long yeah 5 minutes don't know Mm. don't know um we also watched what happened to Monday well we were supposed to Oliver yeah I don't know if we should wait till. Should we wait for Chris? I think we should, because we okay. wow. Ollie hasn't seen it. Save by the bell. You've got so, another week or two to watch it, Ollie. So next time, oh, there'll be at least, there should be at least four okay. of us. Okay, well, we're going to... Well, and Joe's seen it, but we don't know if he's going to be. Right, let's skip over that then. Well, what happened to Joe? That's, that is a good <laughs> That should be the sequel. That is a good question. Um, I, I don't you know, I'm not, I'll, I'll wait till next week to, you're gonna to, add to in? say it. No, because I'm talking about what happened to Monday, but I'll wait till next week. I, mean, right. I thought he was going to get a segue going. <laughs> no. What have you watched then, Ollie? What have I watched? I have watched. So if we're going in order, um, so whatever order you want, mate. Uh, American Beauty was the first film of the week that I watched, um, following Kevin Spacey and not going to know the rest of the cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it pretty much follows just um, a, a family in suburbia in America. I don't forgive me. I don't know the city or the state, um, but they're all pretty well off, and he's. Like having a midlife crisis because he's pretty much um, his his wife is very controlling and he just like is a bit of a weak character and he's like doesn't really want to argue but then he finds his stride because he's like this is I'm I'm just gonna go for it like I don't care this could be the last day that I live mm-hmm. um, so he's like he quits his job but he blackmails them so he's he's getting a, a pay a year's salary and he's just like. He's doing weights in his in his garage, smoking weed to impress his daughter's best friend. Oh uh, yeah, mate, classic. She's the one from American Pie, right? Yeah. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the like acting. You know the guy with the Mina... really, like strange forehead. Mina, someone. The guy with the strange forehead. Yeah, in American Pie, the, the really cool one. They have like phone sex. And he's like really cool. Oh, Ozzy. He's like oh. Oh, Ozzy's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Her, name's, her name's like Mina Suvlaki or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he like has a bit of a crush on her, um, and his daughter hates him, and his wife hates him, and they all hate each other. And it's just really funny to see a more dysfunctional family than my own on telly. <laughs> <laughs> is it a comedy? Uh, a I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't class it as a comedy, oh. but it is just like some of it is funny. And there's like that cla- it won loads of awards. And there's like that classic scene with a with the piano playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "This is the most beautiful thing ever." And it's just it's a plastic hurt. bag going in the leaves. <laughs> you watch it and you'd be like, "What?" Mm. You probably like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then anyway? there's that famous shot of the the girl covered in roses. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or Petals. She's like on the roof or whatever. And then he's like yeah, it's a really good film. Mind. I think it won Oscars. <laughs> it did, but it's just like, it seems like such an easy storyline. And yet it's still quite a, like a moving film. But then I'm sure they've done, they've done films like that where it's just like like someone goes through a midlife crisis, blackmails their work, kind of like Fight Club when he blackmails yeah. black the work to then just have a year off and just but then about. If it's such a simple storyline, then the reason you can tell the film's good is because of the craft of it. Yeah, it's like getting to know all the characters. So Because yeah. there's, there's actually only, I think, six characters, if, if not, maybe seven. And that's it. That's the entire cast. So if you you know you're like nowadays you you don't watch a film for two hours or little less than two hours and it's just seven people mm. now it's like you know I don't know Guardians of the Galaxy you probably have loads loads yeah. more you could you could I think some films get so overcomplicated it's like well, we've got two hours to film so we've got to have eight subplots now yeah. um, yeah. do you <laughs> so well, like that means that, like if it's TV series, obviously you can do it because Game of Thrones have like so many people, true. but they're just killing them off left, right, and centre. So. Yeah, but then they've got a longer time to to play yeah. with it, don't they? Because I mean, in the film, it actually starts off and he's like, "This is the day I die," and you're like, "What? This is the start of the film," and that makes you, you're hooked because you're like, "Well, I have to see to the end how's he die? You know, what does he do on his last day?" Kevin Spacey's got some solid work on his mm. uh, CV, Resume, isn't he? Yeah. On his IMDb page. Um, he was president, isn't he? Or was he or is. whatever. He's he is, was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about the last episode of Rick and Morty? So, series three has come to an end. Oh, sorry, mate, you missed you miss the segue there because Kevin Spacey's actually in the film Pay It Forward. I didn't see that on your list. No, that's all right. Have you seen the film? No. Okay. Anyway, what are we doing, Rick and Morty? Sorry, forgot your segue, King. I bet my. Sorry. <laughs> Ollie's got the wave on the list of things he's seen this uh, this week. I bet money that film shit. It was sick. Was it actually? It was wow. Actually I was watching the trailer. I was like, this looks awful. But Let's go with that. Go on. All right, go yeah. On. What's the wave one? then? I've not heard of it. I can't. I, I just remember think the, seeing the trailer for it. Wait, I might be thinking of the wrong one. Is it, who's, who stars in this one? Uh, It's based in Norway. Oh, no. I'm not thinking. Of, I've, I'm you, thinking are you thinking of like... I'm thinking of fifth wave. Fifth wave? That's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? No, it's the one with um, Chloe Grace. That's the one. Oh yeah. So my bad. I, I was thinking of a different film. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, you're trying to set up a segue. So what's the wave then? Okay. So this was actually suggested to me, um, and it is based in. Um, it's, it's it's not a true story, but it's a true potential event mm. where in Norway they've got like the fjords with all the lakes and the mountains, but they know at one point one of these mountainsides is going to collapse and cause a huge landslide creating a huge tsunami which in turn will affect like a lot of the towns that are in this fjord or um, wherever in Norway wherever the mountain collapses um, so it follows um, a very I, I can't say it's realistic because it's in the future because it's, it's not happened yet but it's, it seems very realistic cause it's like based in the little town um, of Guy Nagner, I can't remember the name. Um, but you follow a family, and this guy has kind of like some weird premonition. He's like, I like some of the signals are off, and he he's kind of like getting irritating because everyone's like, no, just leave it. The mountain's been there for a thousand years. It's gonna be there for a thousand. years Everything's more. a thousand years yeah, in, in these things. It's never like, oh, it's been there for eight hundred forty-six years <laughs> and three months. <laughs> That's not as gripping, mate. Not as great. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, but so so he's like, you know, I, I don't want to just leave and then this 
dreadful event happens. So he's like, just just double check because he's like the the really annoying guy. Like double check, double check, double check everything. Uh, and obviously it pays off. Um, but he's like, not he is is like not got enough time to warn everyone and get everyone out. Um, so it's like it's actually quite distressing seeing like this huge wave coming and there's like uh, the people panicking because he ends up pretty much just being in a car like taking the hit of the tsunami wave. Okay. Um, and it's that happens actually about halfway through the film. So you're like, oh well, what's the rest of the half? Because you know, like day after tomorrow, like the huge wave comes. Well, actually, they they have a what? That's about halfway through the film, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So the rest is like him pretty much trying to find his family because they get separated. Um. And that's actually quite gripping as well. So is it in Norwegian? Wave. Yeah. Why did you hear about it? Wait, is it? I can't remember. Mm, yeah, I want to say no. I think it's not. Was it subtitles? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's subtitles. It's all subtitles. Um, so what did you say before that? Where did you hear about it? Uh, I got mentioned it. Someone said, give it a watch. Okay. It was Jenny. It was Jenny because mm. she's in Norway. Mm. Fair enough. Was it like an ecological, <laughs> was it like an ecological kind of, you know, not like thriller. So is it like based on, you know, if we don't do this, then, you know, the mountain's going to collapse. We need to save the environment, or is it... No, 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 because it's because the, the the plot is that it's going to happen regardless of what we do, because oh, okay. it's just, like, over time. Inevitable, like, right. Yeah, yeah, um, Not, like, that shitty Geostorm film. God, I that looks dreadful. Watch. That looks fucking I'm going to watch it, though. It looks so I'm gonna, shit. I'm going to watch My it. My God. The CGI looks worse than it did, like, Day of then for, like, Day of Tomorrow, <laughs> which was about... 13 years ago mm. when he's like oh my god I've been locked out of the satellites mm. oh yeah it looks like a cross between Armageddon and Day After Tomorrow which uh, both those films are, I can guarantee already are far superior than Geo's <laughs> um okay then let's go back to Rick and Morty then back to, back, back to Rick there's and Morty. not a single thing on this list that, of our films that we all three of us have seen is there not that's quite bad isn't it that's terrible I've seen Divergent yeah yeah I've not seen Divergent oh fucking hell then mate um, I don't care if you spoil it though. There's not a lot shit. to say, to be honest. It's a it's a sad time because it's the last episode of the season, season three for Rick and Morty. So what? when has Rick and Morty won any awards? Like Emmys or anything? I don't uh, know. Best cutting. <laughs> don't know. Ever. ever. Are, we, are we surprised <laughs> if it hasn't? After South Park. Because it's quite well received. People kept telling me that it's amazing. I think it's got like 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So people the first, that it's really good. I mean, for me, the first two series are really solid, yeah. like really, really funny, and like it's quite pop culture reference as well I think it's got um, a very niche um, like demographic that they're targeting doesn't it I th- like Family Guy anyone could watch Family Guy I think, think there funny. are I don't know any of the people that they talk about in Family Guy mm. but it's when he's like oh this reminds me of that time though I was yeah. fighting the giant chicken or whatever you're like <laughs> but there are I think there are things in Rick and Morty that you will kind of appreciate if you're <laughs> kind of like scientific or geeky because they you know they can talk sometimes talk about I don't know, like, you know, quite scientific things and probably some of it might even be made up. I mean, a lot of it probably is. But there are other things like pop culture references. So in the last episode in series three, um, they, they have a joke about Minecraft um, and then Morty, like, loves Minecraft um, and then Rick says something and then it's like, yeah, don't worry, South Park did that three seasons ago, so we're not anything new. Mm. And so you kind of like, I like the fact that, you know, they're self-referential, um, they're kind of aware of the fact that they're a TV show and they're aware of everything that's around it. So it does work on a lot of different levels. Because I saw the first episode long before I started watching it properly, and I didn't really get into it. I was like, what the hell is this? It's like, it's a, 
a drunk old man who burps a lot and <laughs> more like chaotic, that. And I was just like, what the hell? And I was, I was really kind of put off of it. But then I watched a couple more and get, you get really that a lot it. when you like start watching something and it's like you actually find the characters really annoying, but you get to mm. like them. <clears throat> or do you get it the other way around? So sometimes when I'm watching a TV series and the main characters just consistently do something stupid, you're like, you, you like them. But you've watched, you've binge watched like eight episodes, and you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, this character is actually really fucking annoying." Yeah. Uh, this this happened for Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think. Actually, the last season, I just like after binge watching four seasons, mm. I was like, "Oh my god, this guy is actually really annoying." What Jake? Yeah, mm. like he, kind of his relationship with the the other like really clumsy, his best mate, the really yeah. clumsy Boyle. one. Boyle. <laughs> I need to oh, catch Jake. up on that. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. But yeah, I think if you you like South Park, don't you? Yeah. I think you'll quite like this, that humour wise. Um, but I kind of feel like the first two series were a lot more solid. This one kind of felt rushed, or they didn't really have a proper idea of what they were trying to do. And I think maybe I'm just putting two and two together and making five. But I think that this series was had quite a lot of delays and stuff with like releasing because the first episode came out and then like a month later episode two came out um yeah. or at least in the uk uh so i don't know whether it was kind of had problems in its development but the first two series had some like overarching themes so you'd have like um the the relationship between the mother and the father uh with the family and also between um rick and his granddaughter that's summer that's where i think it, they like, um, rushed it they yeah. rushed like the season of where it ends i think season end of season one where they get rid of jerry or the end of season two even yeah and that seemed really rough <coughs> after that it kind of like it was just very very rick and morty and summer as well yeah and, and i loved the episode when it was like um jerry had the where they could see like intergalactic telly and um, his his wife was like had the VR set and she was drinking herself away with bottles of wine. I like that yeah. episode. That was good. Because the first two series and it sounds quite silly actually had quite a lot of heart. Like there were parts of it you like felt a bit kind of sorry for like Rick or mm. or Summer or Beth. Um, and there were other like overarching themes and like uh, kind of like side characters like Birdman and Birdman. Mr. Poopy Butthole and scraunchy and all these characters they don't really make an appearance like i think there's one appearance of birdman in or bird person sorry in uh, series three and you think it's going to set something else up and it they just doesn't mention it yeah. at all and i sort of thought where's the connecting theme like i mean the connecting theme in series three is kind of the separation of the parents but it's not really that's kind of like really really background um so i was disappointed i didn't find it as funny either the entire series Ooh. but definitely watch the first two mm. <clears throat> it's really good mm. and then series four will take forever i guess to come out yeah buddy but i'll be looking forward to that Fair enough. although talking of characters that you watch so much of you're going to get annoyed by i binge watched iron fist <laughs> which is kind of ironic considering i was did not want to watch it. Yeah. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know if I spoke about this last time. I think you did, but I don't think you'd finished it by that, by oh, that point. Oh, I finished it now. And I actually really enjoyed it, um, which I was really surprised about. Mm. The fighting is not great, but no. like there isn't actually, on balance, there isn't that much fighting like compared to like Daredevil or Jessica Jones or even Luke Cage. Like, and like you said, the the relationship between the Meachams and Danny's 
and their father is is really interesting mm. and it's a shame that uh from what i've seen of the defenders so far they're not in it yeah. um which, do you prefer Iron Fist to the Defenders so far? Or do you think Defenders are better? Uh, so far, yes, I do. How many um, episodes in are you? Five. Five, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, like, Iron Fist was good. I don't really like Danny Rand. I think he's really annoying. I don't like Danny he's Rand. really either. annoying. Yeah. Um, I think he's supposed to be. I think I think he's supposed to be annoying. I think we're supposed to look at him and think, oh, he's, like, the, like, annoying little kid of the, of the group. Yeah. Or, in, like, in general. Because I think he's... Because he, um... When all that stuff happened and his mum died and his dad died and he was like 10, I think he's kind of like not really matured. So I think he's That's supposed true. to be like quite whiny and annoying. We're supposed to, and we're supposed to be like pissed off by him. But at the same time, he's supposed to be like this lethal weapon. Although one thing about Iron Fist is that, you know, at the end when uh, him and Colleen get on the plane to go to China, mm-hmm. I kind of thought they, they should have had a bit more um, about his like PTSD because surely he would have been terrified of flying. But yeah. he was just like, oh yeah, let's go on a plane. Like... If you have any, like, my girlfriend is terrified of flying, mm. and it's all because of a bit of turbulence. Mm. So if you have, like, a traumatic experience, and obviously turbulence to having a plane crash is nowhere near comparable, but I feel like, you know, you'd have some, at Something least, did happen, didn't it? Or am I thinking... Well, he was a bit like, oh, oh. there was a bit of turbulence. He was like, oh, this is not nice. But, you know, you wouldn't even want to get on a plane if you're yeah. that badly affected. And I would have liked to have seen Kun Lung. So... If you saw someone getting on a plane and they had a parachute, <coughs> you'd be like, that's, that's bad juju, man. That's bad superstition. Oh, it depends if it's a skydiving plane or not. True. Yeah, so well, context then, is then you definitely want Then you definitely want that, don't Exactly. You? you don't want to be getting on with your, your carry-on. That could be a fantastic segue, you saying context is king, because that's the name of episode three of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, exactly, and I knew that. You, of course I you knew, knew that. that. Of course you knew that. I knew that. I'm talking, <laughs> so, so obviously, like... Cause no, I know just leave I... it. Go straight in, Obi. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Finish, finish talking about um, Iron Fist and Defenders. Oh, so come back to context is king, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, what's the first two episodes called? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. That's a weird name. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Iron Fist was good. The relationship with Colleen Wing was alright. Um, I do feel like... I think that was one of those things where it's like, no one ever finishes anyone off. And you're like, mm. you know he's going to come back. Mm. Please, just someone just kill someone. Do you know what really annoyed me? Uh, how at the end of uh, Iron Fist, Joy was like, oh yeah, basically like, we need to kill Danny. And I was like... Yeah, that came out like, of nowhere. What are, you, what are you talking about? Weren't you like mates with him a minute ago? Like, I just don't, I don't understand. She, she was, was like, like the only who believed him. Yeah, she and was they were, the like, biggest mates. advocate. Exactly. And what's his face as well? Davos is like, obviously he's evil. Yeah. Or, well, I'm assuming he's going to be evil in the next season as well. I just didn't really understand. But, hey, but then... It's weird. So then I started watching The Defenders. Um... And I was a bit confused because obviously you've got the five main people of the hand, but I thought the hand was lots of different people because you had. Um, it's been mentioned since Daredevil series one, and mm. that's fine that there are five main people. Um, I was also quite disappointed that they decided to have the only white woman, or the only white person, as the leader. As the leader. Yeah. So, throughout what we've been introduced by the hand throughout the two series of. Daredevil and Iron Fist is Madame Gal, right? Mm. So she's been there pretty much ever present, and mm. all the people you see are are either kind of from yeah. the Asian continent. Ma- Madame Gal should one hundred percent have been the leader of the, yeah of the hand. And then all of a sudden you introduce Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I think that was sorry to interrupt you. I think that was literally like a oh um, Sigourney, we want you to be in the Defenders, and she's like, okay, only if I'm the leader of the hand though. 
Yeah, it was. I, was just, <laughs> I literally like, don't think that like, because it, it makes no logical sense for her. To it was be. just whitewashing. Yeah. I mean, I understand that they they're trying to represent lots of different cultures. With you got Bakudos, mm. like Latin American, you you would have a Caucasian. You got the African person Surrender. who obviously dies first. Wow. Yeah, Surrender, yeah. Um, and then the Japanese, and then the Chinese. Mm. But yeah, it should have been Madame Gao. And like, we've seen from I think a bit of Iron Fist and quite a bit of Daredevil that Madame Gao can actually like fight. Or at least like yeah, move. she's formidable. Yeah, but we've never we. I'm pretty sure in the whole defense we don't see Sigourney Weaver's character fight at all. No, she just sits in her car. Yeah, she almost fought the Japanese geezer, but then they got interrupted. So that was a bit of a moot point. But yeah, I mean, I was kind of a bit like, oh, it's like whitewashing, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was a bit disappointed by that. Um, and she seems like a really strange person to be in this. I didn't know she was very good. To be honest with you, I, I didn't. Mean, re- I didn't really like her. As a, like she didn't seem she didn't seem very menacing, and for the fact that we knew that she was gonna that she was dying, like I was just like okay, so you're not really any threat at all. Mm. Yeah, you don't have any empathy because you don't know who she is. Yeah. Like if it was like Madame Gal was dying, you'd be like oh, because you know you you know her character quite a bit mm. from the three series she's been in. No, we're talking. Obi hasn't hasn't got empathy. Oh, apparently yeah. Apparently I've, a robot. apparently I've apparently I have sociopathic tendencies according, <clears throat> to, according to these looks. I don't have empathy, even though I do have empathy. You're a robot. You no, no, no. Emotions. Exactly. I've, you're I've, like oh, Obi, I'm going through a really tough time. You're like oh, it's alright, mate. Yeah. What else can I do? I I. Oh no, is it? Your sister, like, how's, what do you think of my, yeah, she, she, what do you think of my boyfriend? So, so Ketchy goes, Ketchy, like last week, Ketchy went to me, oh yeah, what do you think of Harold? And I was like, hey, he seems alright. Like, and, but obviously not smiling like I was just, I was, I was just like, just like, more like, yeah, he seems alright. And then she was like, oh, you never get excited about anything. And I was like, why would I get excited about your boyfriend? Literally. I'm not going out with him. Lauren <laughs> says that sort of thing to me all the time. She's like, nothing pleases you. Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, 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 I think I'm very empathetic, but I just, I just don't show emotion because I, there's, there's, I feel like there's no need to, unless maybe sometimes aggression. But, yeah, yeah, you're definitely, yeah, but, you're there for that, mate. But there's, I don't feel like there's any really need to. I feel like as the years have gone by, I've mellowed out to a point where now where I just don't really care about anything. Apart from yeah. food. Well, it's dead pattern, isn't it? Yeah. We love you, Harold. We'll get you on the football yeah, podcast. Yeah, man. Shout out Harold. Sunny Lord Pedro. Harold. Follow his YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, what we talk about defenders, yeah. Defenders, so <coughs> I'm about five episodes in, which is only eight, right? Yeah, eight, eight episodes. Um, I thought it was quite. I like their kind of chemistry together, mm. um, and obviously it's nice to see all the characters in one. But and I like the way that. But they were all met up. It was kind of sick though. When they all met up. Yeah, so yeah, like, that that, that cool. corridor fight. That's cool. Um, and obviously, like when you see them in the individual kind of storylines, have you noticed? the colour changes. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. Um, But I don't know, for me, it's not as, I don't know, it's just, there's something about it, I'm just not like, Mm. when you see these characters together, like the first time you saw the Avengers, everyone's like, fuck yeah, this is Mm. sick. But there's something a bit kind of muted about it. Mm. Um, The fight, well, there isn't actually that much action. A lot of it's just them talking and arguing Mm. so far. I mean, I don't know about the last three episodes, but, yeah, for me, I'm like I'm not as gripped as I was. I don't feel like the the central storylines particularly engaging. Like they want to ca- they want to capture the Iron Fist. Yeah, but because it's I think it's it's really unclear what the villains want. Yeah, and then why why are I mean I know why Daredevil's getting involved because he wants to destroy the hand, but I, what's oh Jessica Jones's involvement is tangentially because of some case that she didn't really take, mm. but she kind of did, mm. and Luke. Cage is just there for the 
the jolly of it. But I don't know. There's something about it. I kind of feel like they're. Cl- there's not a lot of plot line, mm. but it's not interesting either. Mm. So I find it quite interesting though. I, I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was. I, I thought it was decent. I think I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Iron Fist, personally. Although I thought if if the action bits in Iron Fist were a bit more interesting, then I would have uh, Iron Fist would have been a lot higher up in my opinion. Like all the corporate stuff and all the the Meacham stuff and all the like trying to prove that Danny Rand is who he says he is. Da, 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 I found all that stuff really good. Yeah, but it was. Everything else, I was just a bit like, mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But Defenders, I thought, was decent. I liked it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll watch the rest of it. So. You probably, like, from now to the end, you, there's not, <clears> I, <throat> I doubt there'll be anything that makes you think, oh, yeah, I really like this. Okay. So. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I will finish it, just because, obviously, I, I somehow managed to get myself through Iron Fist and I've been enjoying <laughs> it. Um, context is king, mate. Context, context is, king. is king. So Yeah. Okay. Star Trek. Star Trek. So I've never actually watched Star Trek before. None of the films, none of the TV shows. Apparently you've seen the films. So never, good. never seen them. Oh, um, not even the recent ones. No. Um, but apparently, there's like five different series of like there's one original Star Trek series and there's like five spin-offs. But yeah, they made this new one. Um, I think it's a CBS production, but they put it on Netflix, which is good. But the yeah, first three episodes I've watched now, and basically it follows um, a first officer. Of the Starfleet, I think is the right. I think is the right term. Um, and her name's her name's Michael Burnham. Michael. Yeah, her name's Michael. I don't know why. This, this is the lady from Walking Dead, isn't it? I yeah. Think Sasha. I think I'm gonna find out why soon. That why her name's Michael, but we're not really because sure, in the third episode, someone said, "Oh, that's a strange name for a woman." But yeah, well, I think we'll find out at some point. So basically, she's a dude. <laughs> dude is like a lady. So basically, she was a she's a human. Uh, amongst like you know aliens and other humans and Vulcans and whatnot, and uh, her parents got k- killed, and then she was fostered by a Vulcan, uh, a Vulcan woman, um, who already had a half human, half Vulcan son. What's a Vulcan? A Vulcan's I think it's like I think it's like an a type of alien. Okay. But they look smart. but they look like humans. Yeah, I think they have really I think they have pointy ears. The oh, ones Spock. Yeah. So Oh right. So pointy eyebrows, mate. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. they're they're the ones who are like um emotionless and the Obi. I'd be a sick He's got pointy ears. <laughs> they're supposed to be like, Oh yeah, we're logical, we're not emotional. Okay. So what we find out in the third episode that actually is that I feel like I should wait, but because you said Spock, I'll just say So like the woman who adopted, who fostered or, or adopted Michael Burnham is um, Spock's mother. So oh, Spock okay. and, uh, and Michael actually like... Step oh, so up, this is like, like a prequel. It's a prequel, yeah. It's a, I was going to say, so, so you don't actually see a Spock. Not yet. Uh, not yet. But it's set 10 years, I think it's set 10 years before the first Star Trek series, I think. Okay. So, wow. so yeah, she's... At this point, uh, they've got Klingons. Klingons. Klingons are aliens and they have like their own language. Um one one cool thing actually that Netflix did was that um they have so they have subtitles and one of the subtitles was actually Klingon so like a lot of people who watch Star Trek like actually know like the language of Klingon which is quite cool so they put the subtitles on the yeah it's an actual language thing. yeah or isn't so, it Star Trek like a religion now as well or something Probably. so many so many people follow it or is that Jedi I think I know Jedi Jedi I'm pretty sure Jedi is one <laughs> but um so yeah uh yeah first episode uh, the Klingons haven't been seen for like a hundred years and um the Michael Burnham's ship is just like floating through space. She's like the deputy to her captain. And um, they find like a mysterious like 
uh, vessel in the distance. So she goes to investigate it. She finds out that it's a Klingon ship and she gets attacked by a Klingon. Uh, they fight, kills him. She goes back to her ship um, and basically, like, they basically, like, just started a war. And she asks her Vulcan father for, for help through some, like, teleportation thingy. And he basically says, like, you need to give them a Vulcan hello or whatever. Which is basically attack first because Klingons respond to violence. So she she was saying on the ship we need to attack them before they attack us to kind of give them a warning to say like back off sort of thing. But if they respond to violence and they don't initiate violence, then would the war happen? I don't know, mate. Logic. Apparently. All right. <laughs> apparently. So this is this is the bit where I was a bit I was a bit like confused. So basically, what happens is yeah, but surely they they've already had had a little fight. Yeah. So they did fight at the end. So okay. they, she killed one of their soldiers already. So true. then it goes unresolved. So, um, interesting fact, see, but Chris ain't here, so it's a bit, it's a bit uh, pointless. But the their lead Klingon in Star Trek is the actor who plays him is called Chris Obi. So but yeah, oh wow, but yeah. So but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Michael Burnham is basically like, we need to attack them. Uh, because they're about to attack us, and the captain's like, "No, we're not um, soldiers. We're um, explorers, scientists, experimentalists, whatever, whatever." So we don't do that. And she's basically like, "Fuck you! Uh, I'm gonna go against your orders." She gives her a Vulcan pinch and like knocks her out, but she doesn't knock her out properly. And then she goes to the sh- to the uh, the ship and tries to con everyone to saying, "Oh yeah, the captain's just sleeping <laughs> or something like that." And she yeah, she says, "Well, we should need to follow follow my orders, and we're gonna attack." So they're about to attack. But then the captain comes back and she's like, stop. Uh, wish you got a gunshot. Threatens her. She's like, uh, don't do it. Don't shoot. So they don't shoot. They actually shoot the ship. Throws her in the brig, which is like a prison. And while they're like, okay, we need to figure out our plan here. So they haven't actually attacked the, the Vulcan ships. But then suddenly just like 20,000. Do you mean the Klingon ships? Sorry, the Klingon ships. Sorry. And then like 20,000 Klingon ships come out of nowhere and just start attacking the, 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 uh, the Starfleet ship. So Michael Burnham was right. Because they did just start attacking her. So she was right. But whatever. And loads of people die. And then uh, the captain and Michael uh, go to... After like, uh, all that, uh, the deaths have happened, they like say to the Klingons, like, um, we need to stop fighting. We need to talk. Da-da-da. Because uh, violence doesn't solve anything. Blah-blah. And the Klingons agree, even though they... They agree to their faces, but behind their backs are like, yeah, we're just going to kill them. And then... The captain, I think the captain's name is Giorgio, and Michael Burnham uh, secretly travel to the ship to try and capture the lead Klingon. The lead Klingon finds him. He kills the captain. Then Michael Burnham... uh, Michael Burnham specifically said before they left the... I'll just call him Michael. Michael specifically said before she left the ship, we can't kill him because that will make him a martyr to the Klingons and then they'll just try and start another war. We need to capture him. So they go to the ship. Um, He kills... The, the lead Klingon kills the captain and she's just like she turns her phaser from like stun to kill and kills the fucking Klingon yeah. and then they get transferred back to the ship and they're like I'm like oh okay alright then and then she gets um, she gets uh, because she disobeyed the orders of the captain um, she gets put on trial for mutiny and treason da 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 and I was like she didn't actually like obviously she she and she actually gets blamed for everyone's deaths. And I mean, you could kind of blame her, but it's a bit wishy-washy as to whether or not it was her fault because she was told to go and explore and she found the Klingon. She had to kill him because otherwise he was going to kill her. And then she didn't actually shoot at the Klingons before they started shooting the ship. But then they were like, yeah, you've committed treason. 
So she goes to she goes she gets life imprisonment basically. So that's the end of the first episode. Uh, I can't remember how. <laughs> that's episode that's one. That's episode one. That's episode one. What? Yeah. I thought you. I thought Jesus this was like Christ. three episodes. That's episode one. How long? Jesus is it? Christ! Now? It was an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's more jam packed than the Queen. Actually, that, no, that might be that might be two episodes. That might be two episodes. That might be two episodes. So because I can't because I can't remember what happened in episode two. So I might have been I might have just been mixing two episodes together then. So then the third episode basically. Uh, Michael, the like, captain's dead. Uh, all her fleet have either dead or they moved onto another ship. She's uh, in prison for life, and then a captain of another ship um, called the like USS Discovery or something like that, which I think is the main ship they're going to be on for the rest of the season. Basically, tricks her into into um, thinking that the ship has broken down, and he gets her basically to work for her on the ship um, because he's got some sort of new technology which is supposed to make you travel like a thousand light years in like 10 seconds or something like that um which he thinks will help with the war because he wants to like attack the Klingons and then be able to disappear in like the blink of an eye sort of thing or he wants to travel to Australia in 30 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but um she's a bit suspicious of this and everyone's like treating her like shit basically because they're blaming her for the death of all these people I think it was like 8,000 people died or something like that Jeez. so she's been blamed for all that so everybody hates her and basically now you're just following her um, on the ship and she's got to go into this team full of people who don't like her because like people they know and people they've worked with have died because of her and the cap she basically wants to be in prison she feels like she deserves to be in prison so she's saying to the captain like i don't want to work with you i want to be sent back to life imprisonment and he's basically like i don't care what you want i need this to happen <coughs> i need whatever to happen so you're going to be working here till i say you're not working here and he convinces her that he's doing something for like the greater good but it kind of seems like the captain is quite shady, so but we don't. Isn't the know. captain Jason Isaac? It is Jason Isaac. He is a shady yeah. mofo. Isn't so he? we're not really t- entirely sure right now what his plans are, but it's, I reckon it's something sinister. He's basically another Sean Bean. I love it, man. Don't put him in the same breath as Sean Bean. I'm just saying he's probably gonna die. So do you recommend it? I mean, give it a go. I mean, from coming from someone who's give done... it a go. Well, you know, he said about it. Coming from someone who doesn't like who doesn't like Star Trek, I find it. Interesting. Interesting enough for me to keep watching. Yeah, you're going to keep watching. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I watched the premiere of a film called Breathe um, at the London Film Festival. Uh, so it was the opening night. Breathe you're is... on the red carpet. <laughs> I was, actually. I was <laughs> right. Off. I was. Well, I mean, I had to walk along the red carpet to get to the cinema. Um, Escorted I s- out. I saw mean? Hugh Bonneville. <laughs> I saw Andrew Garfield. Got a picture of the back of his head. So. Oh, I think that's the... Um... I reckon I think that's the screen on scene. Breathe on Monday. Oh, do you think? Yeah, I think. Well, obviously I won't know until next week, but I reckon that's the screen on scene. Breathe, breathe. But it looks, the film looks decent. Sorry, go on. Okay, well I won't spoil it, but it is a true story. So if you've seen the trailer, then you pretty much know what happens in the film. Mm. I mean, that's one bad thing is that the trailer pretty much gives all of it away. Yeah, it does. Um, and there isn't really much else that you need to know about it. But Breathe is the true life story of a guy called, I think his name's Robin. Um, what's his surname? I can't remember his surname. Uh, his name's Robin. And um, he, it's the story of him. Uh, he was a soldier and then a tea broker. And um, shortly after he gets married and has his first child, he contracts polio, uh, which this is set during like, from about the, 40s up to the 80s so back in like the 50s i think is when he contracts polio um i think they've got this, a vaccine this is for andrew it garfield yeah he's going back in time 
Like, so he started with Spider-Man, then he did that uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Now he's going back. I know. Back in well, this is this is after Hacksaw Ridge, right? Hacksaw oh, right, Ridge yeah, is World War Two. But um, so yeah. this is like the Terrible continuation of Desmond. <laughs> so basically, this Robin guy is Desmond Doss. Maybe, maybe his surname's Doss. But um, yeah. So obviously, back then, if you caught polio, it was pretty fatal because yeah. I think we have got vaccines for it now. Yeah, we do. Um, so anyway, so he's on a life support machine and he has a ventilator that breathes for him. <laughs> And he basically doesn't want to... He's got like three months to live or that, something. Because um, they don't anticipate hospital-bound polio patients to live very long. Mm. Um, but he doesn't want to just rot away in the hospital. His wife kind of inspires him to try and get out. Mm. So they take a ventilator back to his house. Um, and, you know, she cares for him. Um, and, you know, they, they try and figure out a way for them to survive kind of I was going to say so it's not the, a feel good go. film like him like he, you've only got three months to live so just go out and do loads of these no it's not like things, a bucket he's, list he's thing he's kind of like stuck in, I mean, with this machine yeah, yeah. Um, and it's basically yeah the following that story um, and his family dynamic and how his wife um, struggled but overcame like his disability and how he overcame his disability um mm. And the real-life Robin uh, was a champion for disabled rights and was, like, really pushing that forward and went to conferences and, and was like, you know, you, you can't keep your disabled people kind of in hospitals. They need to be able to live as much of a, like, quote-unquote normal life as possible. Mm. Um, and his widow was actually at the London Film Festival, so she gave a little talk, which was quite inspiring. But um, it's one of those films where the subject matter is so kind of important that you kind of want the film to be better, mm. like mm-hmm. my opinion. So you got films like The Imitation Game, you got films like The Theory of Everything, which are two fairly recent, fairly similar historical... I mean, obviously, The Theory of Everything in the comparisons because of the disability, but I feel like those two films were much better than this one. Mm. Um, I feel like Claire Foy, who plays the wife, is very good. Um... Then, I mean, it's not a it's not a bad film, but I mean, the first ten minutes kind of put me off a bit because, again, they try and fit so much into such a short space of time, and it kind of felt a bit melodramatic. Like so if you've ever if you've ever seen a kitchen sink drama from like the thirties, forties, or fifties, it's like that. Uh, and the rest of the film kind of got a bit better, but I also feel for a character or a person who in real life was so important for disability rights, they don't focus on that too that enough for mm. me um it was more like a love story but i f- kind of feel like it was a shame they didn't focus on the kind of political important aspect of it mm. um because you compared it to uh, theory of everything mm. and the invitation game do you think that is coming out at the wrong time because obviously this feels like it should be oscar oscar related no oscar bait yeah well i don't know when it's actual wide releases so because this is a film a festival oh is it i think so I don't know. I feel like it's an important story, but it, for me, as a film, it doesn't work particularly well. Um, I think there are a lot of characters that get in, that that appear, um, and it's not really clear who they are or why they're important. Mm. Um, and they kind of lots of characters just come and go. Mm. And again, obviously, maybe they're not important, but it can't. You're kind of like, well, who's that guy? Where's that guy? Mm. How do how does he know him? Mm. Um, and then the guy who plays Tom and Braffian, he plays an older version of his son, 
and he has like two lines <laughs> and I was like wow he's you know th- there are people in it they're so peripheral it's incredible but it's worth watching but for me the film didn't really work but if, if it is the screen unseen then we could talk about it in a bit more detail um, how did you get tickets to this festival? Uh, my mate from my uh, previous job got them oh. won them in a ballot cheeky Friends outside the group, right? <laughs> Pause it there, because I'm just going to get a little menace of a dog. <laughs> so, before we wrap up then, I hope you've got a couple of TV shows you oh, want to talk before about. Before that, Glenn's got a second beer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> drum roll, please. The, uh, it's the it's influence. It's your nightcap, isn't it? It's your cough mix. So, for my birthday, my siblings bought me a box of craft beer from around the world mm. and I've been making my way through them so this what, one this one from? I wasn't going to say like something that generic but yeah Japan so yeah I won't say the brand name you said Japan really weird then Japan Japan <laughs> <laughs> brilliant me um, yeah so tell us about the Young Sheldon yeah so Young Sheldon is just a prequel television series about based on uh, Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory um, and it's just showing like I think his ad his pre pre adolescent. So it's not Jim Parsons. It's not Jim Parsons. No. He 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 narrates it. Not... He narrates it though. It does he? Pre adolescent. So is he like eight? Yeah. Literally. Oh right. He's about, yeah. he's about eight or nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's but he's going into um, high school. Okay. Uh, so it's just him like obviously he's different. Like his family don't really get him, um, and he doesn't really get his family either. And it's kind of just like going through his uh, high school troubles, I suppose, because obviously he's trying to fit in, but obviously he wants to learn. Like, obviously he is probably smarter than like all the teachers and all the students, so they're all like, oh, we don't really like this kid, he's showing us up, da-da-da. Like his brother, his, his older brother um, is pissed off because obviously they're in like the same uh, year. Oh, okay, so, so he's like relevant. Yeah, so he's like embarrassed. Does he get bullied? Um, he hasn't been bullied yet. I only watched one episode, but he didn't okay. get bullied in an episode. But that first episode, he was... Because he thought he was basically because he's going to a place of higher learning. He thought that he was gonna, like, everyone was gonna be on, like on his wavelength. Oh, Sheldon, okay. Sheldon, this is so like when he got there, you shot and he like because he like read like a rule book or something like that before he got there, and everyone was like wearing whatever clothes and having tattoos and stuff like that. So he was just like saying to the teacher, "Oh, this person's violating this. This person's violating this. This person's violating this." And obviously everyone's getting pissed off with him. And then uh, the teacher just had to like call his mum and dad. Calls mum and dad in saying like your son's like disturbing, <laughs> disturbing everyone. Disturbing the peace. Yeah, so we have to kick him out. But his mum's like proper like mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> adamant that he's gonna get like the best education possible. So she, they like want to uh, put him back into uh, like elementary school, I guess, um, or middle school. I don't know. Uh, but his mum's like adamant, like no. His dad is a um, the PE teacher, and he's kind of like he's kind of like his older brother. I think he's a bit simple. And he kind of just like wants his son to be normal. So. Okay. I'm sure in uh, the Big Bang Theory, he actually meant he talks about him like being in high school when he was only like 12 or something. Or... Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see his family in the Big Bang Theory? Uh, you see his mum and yeah, his sister. But his mum's like got a closer relationship with Leonard, and Leonard's mum yeah. has a closer relationship with Sheldon. Yeah. So, so do you see Leonard's mum in, or do you reckon you anticipate there'll be Leonard's mum in Young Sheldon? No, or... no, no, no. Oh, do they even They're don't not meet? Mates. No. no. Oh, okay, okay. No, because yeah, because they don't. Sheldon and Leonard don't meet until they're well into their adulthood. So why do we need a young Sheldon? I don't think program? we do, but I think because everybody, well, 
People who love Big Bang Theory love Jim Parsons, love Sheldon, because if Sheldon wasn't in Big Bang Theory, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good. So they kind of just thought, okay, Sheldon's so successful and he's so popular, we're going to make a spin-off of this. I think you said put... Big Bang Theory. Oh, I said Big Bang. <laughs> Big Bang. Big Bang Theory. Um, but yeah, he's so popular, everyone they just thought, okay, let's make a spin-off. It might be successful, it might not be. Um, it's definitely not going to be successful as successful as Big Bang Theory. But I like the, the kid who plays him is he's all right. Um... TV show itself is, is decent. It's not it's not the same as Big Bang Theory. It's, uh, it's quite similar to... Have any of you watched The Middle? Yeah. The middle, it's quite yeah. similar to that. There's no laugh track. Like oh, good. Theory. I hate laugh tracks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's okay. But it's funny? Yeah, a little bit. And it kind of showing how like... It's a bit like uh, when I watched Atypical. You kind of seen how like this kid who's like on the spectrum, how he deals with life around him. And obviously like Sheldon, I'm assuming, is... A, a tad autistic maybe more than a tad um, from the sit based on the Bang Theory series so you see how he's kind of like and like uh, Sheldon now in Big Bang Theory is kind of like at, he's developed quite a lot compared to the, when the series first started in terms of like human interaction okay but this young Sheldon obviously he doesn't really doesn't, just doesn't really get it they're going to have to be careful because if there are any anomalies between the young Sheldon yeah. and the old Sheldon people pick up on that yeah we're talking about kids in high school then. Um, let's talk about animated kids in high school. Uh, how's Kenny? Still alive? Oh, South Park. Dead, dead every episode, mate. <laughs> is is he still dying? South Park, South Park's in a, is elementary school. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're only, ten, they're only right, ten. Glenn. They're only ten. So I don't, I don't understand the American school no, system. No, um, Kenny was actually dead for a time, but he came back in like the... Because we, we just started a new season, but he came... He was dead for like the whole of last season, but he came back in like the... Oh my god, thank you, Kenny. Yeah, like the second episode of the season. So what I want to talk about this was because um, and Blackish at the same time because they were both um, related to um, Columbus Day. So Columbus Day in America is a is <laughs> a it, yeah. is a public holiday basically where they celebrate uh, Christopher Columbus discovering inverted commas America and destroying the Native American. So yeah, people. So okay. the main theme about that in South Park <laughs> is that um, so the school. No, Rand, Randy Marsh, basically. I love Randy. Any episode that has Randy in it is, is just a hilarious episode. So he's um, become like a social justice warrior, basically. Okay. And he's like com- campaigning to get um, Columbus Day banned from schools. And so people like keep their holiday, don't keep, have holiday and they have to go to work. And basically uh, the kids don't have their holiday anymore. So they're all pissed off and everyone's like saying, oh, Stan, let's talk to your dad. You have to get him to do da-da-da. And basically they find loads of... And Randy's like out of fake... I don't know if he's fake outrage, but he's sort of outraged at like uh, all the Columbus stuff uh, going on, how people like praise him stuff like that. And then they like all like dig a little bit deeper like into what Randy does and they find like loads of <laughs> Instagram pictures of Randy Marsh just like dressed as Christopher Columbus oh, for right. like, Halloween, for his <laughs> birthday, for his wedding, he was dressed as Christopher Columbus. <laughs> and basically he's Randy's like, oh, I have to make sure that nobody finds out about this, blah, blah, blah. And then um, a side note of this is like, you know those um, adverts where they kind of say like, uh, we can take a swab of your DNA and we can find out what your origin is and stuff like that. So they were kind of playing on that by saying like, um, we can um, uh, a little bit of swab of your DNA and we can uh, make you feel less guilty about who, about who you are basically <laughs> so you can say oh my family my family was 2% black so I'm part slave as well did the stuff like that and uh, one of the guys was like oh I used to say the n-word <laughs> I used to say the n-word all the time and feel guilty about it but now that I find out I'm 2% black I can say it all the time so white person will find goes what's up n-word and then I'm just like Jesus oh, no. I was like good goodness gracious so yeah uh, Randy <laughs> Randy finds out about this thing and basically he there's a 
every, uh, he knows that people have found these photos of him uh, just as Christopher Columbus. So to preempt this, he calls over the DNA people to take a swap of him. But before that, he hires this random, this random um, uh, Native American guy and just starts like kissing him, <laughs> so, <laughs> that, so that when when they get the swab, he will pick up the, the Native American guy's DNA. So then that happens, and um, they take the sample. And they come back like a week later or whatever. And they're like, uh, your test is really unusual. We need we need you to do another test. And he was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, what? why? He's like, we need you to do another test because they came back really unusual. And he's like, oh, okay. And then this, yeah, during this time, the Native American guy is like falling in love with Randy because they, they were kissing. That's right, and he's so like, this clip on So yeah, he's like, keeps turning up to his door. And they, they do like the most like stereotypical uh, Native American accent. He's like, I love you, Randy. <laughs> like, don't run away from your feelings and stuff like that. Okay. So he guy keeps just keep coming around his door like with flowers and like chocolate and brings his parents by and says like I want you to meet my parents and stuff like that. And Randy's basically like telling him to like piss off, and he he kicks him out of his house. Yeah, it starts like properly like beating him up, and some guy just starts jogging by, recording it. Oh no! <laughs> so Randy's like, he's like. Don't record that. <laughs> so like, oh, no. like, Don't record that. And the guy's like running away. Randy's like chasing after him. Um, but yeah. Because he's like, get off of my yeah, land. Yeah, exactly. He's like, get off my land. Exactly. Um, I thought you watched South Park, do you not, Ollie? <laughs> I do, yeah. But I haven't seen the new season. Okay. Which is terrible. So, um... Sorry. So, um... Yeah, so the DNA people come by and they're like, yeah, we want to get another swab, but this time we want to do it in uh, anally. And he just kicked out the, um, the innate American guy and he's like, oh, wait, come back. Because obviously someone gets the guy to try and bum him so he can, <laughs> so he can prove that he's Native American. <laughs> so then they do the test uh, without any like um, hindrance from the Native American guy. And Randy tries to like, uh, sneak into the break into the place so he can like, destroy all the evidence so people don't find out that he's like, 100% white or whatever. <laughs> so then they do the test. Um, he gets the results and find out that he's like he's like two point eight percent Neanderthal or something like that, <laughs> and he like believes that like Neanderthal was like they like say like oh yeah like Neanderthals are extinct because of evolution da da da, and Randy's like extinct? You mean murdered and massacred? And he's like I can't believe my people were victims to, were victims <laughs> to such butchery and stuff like that, and he's like going off about how um, Neanderthals are like uh, underprivileged people who were wiped out and da 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 da, oh, and all stuff like that. It was uh, it was so stupid. It's clever, isn't it? It's isn't clever. It? Social it, commentary it, yeah, is so funny. It was so dumb. So speaking of social commentary, sorry connected that to Blackish so that's Blackish was the same thing so they were talking about Columbus Day um, the main character his kids were they're all black obviously the main character his kids were doing a play about Christopher Columbus and he was basically like saying why um, are my children celebrating this guy who just came to a land who did, who, who and just massacred a load of people um, but in a funny way sort of thing guys. is this animated sorry Blackish Blackish no 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 oh, so okay. like real people um but yeah, he's basically got going off on one to the teacher who organised the play. And he says, oh yeah, we should be celebrating um, a holiday, which I didn't actually know about until the other day, called Juneteenth, which is um, June 19th, I think, 1865, which is the day that slaves were officially free in America. Okay. So um, they were like, yeah, we should be celebrating this instead. I don't know why it's not a more um, public holiday, blah, blah, blah. So then he goes to his work to try and um, sort out like an advertising, because he works in advertising, just sort out an advertising campaign to try and uh, make that holiday more appealing to white people, basically. And he, he hires Aloe Black, for some reason, to help him write a jingle. And basically, I need a holiday. Yeah, a holiday literally. is what I need. 
they and they just go through the whole um, episode basically uh, talking about um, he's like basically trying to educate his white co his his white coworkers who happen to be like who are like a little bit racist as well. Okay. But I think they're more racist out of ignorance rather than actually being racist. Right. So like the, a, a, a running theme throughout the the series this is, is that, a good idea. I like this. Like you should you get to choose the holidays that you celebrate. So obviously we will just celebrate it for regardless of. Mm. Well, not regardless of our religion, but you know, like we still celebrate um, St George's Day despite. Yeah, but that's not a public holiday, is it? No, because it's always on a Sunday. Okay, well, is it? Right no. but, but you were saying like, why do people Pancake, yeah. celebrate like St Patrick's Day without hindrance and da, 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 but they won't celebrate um, a thing that is clearly more important than you know some of the other holidays that we celebrate. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, they go just and they do it kind of. It's kind of like a musical episode as well because they kind of do like flashbacks to. Um, slavery, people in slavery, and them saying like how bad slavery is, and then when the day they got free, um, them uh, talking about what they can want to do now that they're free, but then realizing that they're free, but they're not really free because at that point, like they couldn't get jobs and they couldn't do whatever, so you'd end up going back to slavery and doing the exact same work you were doing, um, but for like just like the tiniest bit of money or whatever. So. It was quite interesting, like the episode. I really like Blackish because the social commentary on it, social commentary on it, is quite always quite like um, powerful. And is, is it a comedy though? It is, but yeah, it oh, is okay. a comedy. So they do it, they do, they do do it in a funny way, but it also like it helps you kind of like. That's the way. It's a palatable way of yeah, you know, of, it's, yeah. rather than being like in your forced face. down your yeah, throat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, so that was a really good episode, and they kind of um, the the conclusion of it is like all we can do is kind of help. The people around, we can't convince everyone to celebrate this holiday or acknowledge atrocities because in reality nobody wants to um, remember things about slavery because slavery was like one of the worst periods in mm. American history. So all they they kind of conclude by saying like all we can do is kind of like educate the people who are around us and hope that it kind of trickles down to everybody else and ourselves celebrate um, the things that we're supposed to celebrate. So then he starts saying we're going to celebrate like Juneteenth every year. Okay. So yeah, ends on that. That was a good episode. I really, I think that was the first episode of the season. But yeah, they always do really good. Like when they're, when the um the subject matter is like, CSC, an important one, they always do it really well. I think. Okay. Yeah, so I like Blackish. It's good. It's a good show. You should watch it. Well, on the subject of educating us, uh, why don't you educate us in what we should be watching? So was it on the counter? That the, yeah, on the counter. On the counter, recommended Queen of the South to us. Uh, so you can also recommend something for us to watch um, or also share your opinion. We were tweeting one of our listeners about Kingsman. Um, so yeah, tweet us at YSC Podcast 17 or on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and SoundCloud under Your Average Critics. And let us know if you listen to the podcast because then we will give you a shout out. Like, yeah, we definitely. appreciate anyone who listens to the podcast. Yeah, we're very grateful. So please get in touch.